All right, that's a good way to start your morning, huh? All right. Good morning, community. How's everybody doing? Good, good, good. Um, it's good to see so many new faces here this morning. Uh, my name is Dave Ferguson, and I'm the lead pastor here at Community, which means I just, it's, it is just a privilege and an honor. I get to oversee all of our locations across Chicagoland, and I'm really excited about this brand new series. Um, let, let, me, let me start with this. Did you know that God wants you to be a nonconformist? He wants you to be a nonconformist. And in fact, God created in you, okay, so many unique things that just kind of speak like you're like nobody else. For, for example, did you know that inside you, sir, okay, you have a unique voice print? And so does everybody else, unlike it's a one of a kind. You have. You are unique. I could go on and on about you. <laughs> but a unique thumbprint like nobody else, all right? Who can I pick up? Sir, you here. A unique handprint. And so does everybody else, like nobody else. In fact, our bodies just kind of declare that we were designed to be one of a kind, not conform to anybody else's idea of who we should be. So here's what I want to do. I want us to start by taking what I'm calling the nonconformist oath. I want us to all take it together, okay? The nonconformist oath. Are you with me? All right. Now, you may be familiar with this. You may be not. But I need you to repeat after me. Just a few lines here, the nonconformist oath. I need you to repeat it with gusto. Are you ready? Yes. All right, here we go with enthusiasm. Repeat after me. I promise to be different. I promise to be unique. I promise to be unique. I promise not to repeat things other people say. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? It's hard not to conform. And the problem is that even though we are, we are created to be one of a kind, we so often end up kind of looking like, sounding like everybody else when we conform. And let, let me get more to the point. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And it hasn't been that long ago when you had a dream. You had a dream of kind of how, how I'm going to change the world or change my part of the world. And somewhere along the way, vocationally, you just started chasing salaries and 401k because someone told you that was the responsible thing to do and you started to conform. Some of us, we love. We love to help others. We love to be generous. But somewhere along the way, we got handcuffed by mounds of bills and debt because we started trying to keep up with the Joneses. And we conformed. Or, or maybe, maybe your dream was of, to create a beautiful family. But as you look around the faces at your house, what you see is you see the familiar, repeated, destructive patterns of behavior that look hauntingly familiar like the house that you grew up in. And God created us. He created us to be one of a kind. But somewhere along the way, we kind of start to conform to what someone else or somebody else says we should be. And, and, and here's what I want you to understand as we begin this series. I think you were created for so much more. You were created for so much more. We're going to hit five different areas during this series of your life. We're going to talk about, like, your relationships. We're going to talk about things as practical as, like, friendships and then family, the kind of transformation that can happen in your family and your marriage, what God wants to see happen there. We're going, to, we're going to talk about things like your own thinking, trans, how to transform your thinking, how to transform your ability to make a difference in the world, even transform your health. And here's my, my ask. I hope you'll be here all five weeks of the series as we kind of all decide, you know what, I'm not going to conform to that. And instead, I'm going to be transformed by God into the best version of who I was meant to be. Now, the Apostle Paul, here's a guy who wrote more of the Bible than anybody else. And he, he explained it like this. He says this. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, 
Think about that, and now let's bridge the gap to today. Did you know, in 2014, there were 2.4 million weddings and 1.2 million divorces? I don't want to conform to that. 52.3% of people who have jobs will go to work tomorrow, and they'll say they will go to work unhappy, feeling like their work has no real meaning. I don't want to conform to that. They're now saying that addictions are the the, the pandemic American disease. I don't want to conform to that. And I think every one of us, we have a choice. We have a choice. Either we're going to transform or we're actually going to conform. And and, and just let me just kind of speak personally. I know for me, personally, when I'm at my best is when I'm allowing God's love to transform me into the best version of myself. And you ask if this is true at home, whether it's being a husband or a father, whether it's just being a friend, or you ask people on staff here, when I'm allowing God's love to transform me, that makes me the best version of who I can be as opposed to being conformed. Now, some of you, I mean, you can kind of get excited about all this and you're going, okay, I'm ready to work hard. I'm ready to get after it. Hear me on this. This is important that you get this at the outset. This is not about you working harder. This is a little bit different. This is not about you working harder. Because if working harder would have got it done, you would be transformed by now, Right? What instead is, this is the side, no, you know what? I'm going to get closer to God. Because the closer I get to God, He transforms us. So here's the big idea for this, for this whole series. And we're going to come back to this. And here it is. It says this. The further you get away from God, the more you're going to conform. The closer you get to God, the more you're going to transform. I'll tell you, just so that sinks in, let's, let's all just say that out loud on the count of three. Here we go. One, two, three. The further you get away from God, the more you're going to that's right. The closer you get to God, the more you will. That's exactly right. Hang on to that. I, I'm convinced that most people want to be close to God. I'm convinced that's probably why you're here this morning. But what happens is we tend to, it's like a gravitational pull spiritually, we tend to wander away. There's, there's a prophet in the Old Testament, kind of a cranky old guy named Isaiah. And he, and he just kind of tells it like it is. And he, he said this. He said, we're all like sheep. We've all gone astray. Each of us turns our own way. Now, now sheep are not known for being real smart. Okay? Um, I remember uh, I, was, I went back to this camp that I'd, I'd gone to. This is a few years ago. I went back to this camp I'd gone to as a kid, and I saw the craziest, craziest, craziest thing. There was a couple hundred sheep out in, this, kind of out in the pasture there, a couple hundred of them. And I saw one of them who got his head stuck in a red bucket. And you could see him begin to panic. He shook his head. He was trying to get it off. And then you can see the anxiety, kind of feel the anxiety rising in this sheep as he shook it violently trying to get it off. And then he just kind of loses it. He just freaks out and he just starts running. Now what happens next is, is really ridiculous. Because he just starts running wildly out of control. All couple hundred sheep start following him. I'm not making this up. I mean, he runs into a fence post and they follow him. He runs into the barn and they start following him. I mean, sheep aren't too bright, are they? And so Isaiah, he kind of says, hey... I'm going to tell you like it is. You're kind of like sheep sometimes. You tend to wonder. You tend to follow other things. Some of us in this room, we can remember a time in our lives when we once, we once felt close to God. I mean, you really did. You can go back to certain days in your life and you felt a presence. And if we're honest, we know we've wandered away. There's another category of us here that we wanted away on purpose. Something happened and we blamed God. We couldn't make sense. We said, God, why? Or maybe we got hurt by the church. 
Or maybe, maybe we got hurt by some of his followers, quote unquote. And so we wandered away. And there's some of us, I mean, we just, we've really, we've really never really felt close to God. We've never quite understood it. We've always kind of felt at a, at a, at a distance. And so kind of like Isaiah said, we're kind of like sheep. We do tend to wander. We kind of change to sometimes chase after the wrong things. And the truth is, we go back to that big idea. And the big idea simply says, the further you get away from God, the more you're going to conform. But the closer you get to God, the more your life is going to transform. So here's the, I think here's the, becomes the burning question for us. If that's really, really true, and I believe to the core of my being it is, if that's really, really true, then the question is, how do we, all, how do we consistently, regularly find our way back to God? And I'll tell you what, as I, as I study the Bible, I, I find clear guidance about finding our way back to God and how to avoid this conforming to the world and being transformed by God. I find clear guidance there. In fact, I would say over the last 20 years as a pastor, um, I have consistently kind of seen this pattern that people go on of awakenings. We actually around here, we call them the five awakenings because people consistently kind of have these five experiences over and over again as they find their way back to God. Uh, my brother John and I got to write a book about this because, I mean, we just saw it over and over and over again. And it's resonating with a lot of people. So I'll tell you, here's, here's what I'd love for you to do. Take out your program. What, you got a program when you came in? We'll give you a little kind of, make sure this sinks in. On the back it says message notes there. On the back it says message notes. There's probably a pen near you. Um, you grab, go ahead and grab a pen. I would love for you to jot down all the five of these awakenings. At the end, I'm going to ask you to, to identify which one of these do you most resonate with today. Which of these do you most connect with, experience, really today? And I, w- I just want to talk to you about these, these five awakenings. Here's the, this journey back to God that can bring transformation, I think the best life for you, the unique life. It starts with this gnawing feeling. See if this connects with you. A gnawing feeling that says, there's got to be more. There's just got to be more. And it might be about relationships. It might be about your work. It might even be about big questions like, there's got to be more answers. There's got to be more. You ever, you ever feel that way? That's the first step. And it's this awakening of longing. Now, here's the simple truth. Nothing is going to change in your life until you get dissatisfied with the way it is. And if you come today and you're going, yeah, hey, my life's fine. I don't need anything. I don't need to change. The truth is, I mean, you can almost just sit out the next five weeks. All right? Because nothing's going to happen until you want to, until you decide, you know what? There's got to be something more. There has to be something more. And I'm, gonna, I'm just going to shoot straight with you. Here's the deal. God loves you just the way you are. All right? Period. Next sentence. But he loves you too much to let you stay that way. God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. And this feeling that you have, man, there's, there's got to be something more. That actually, that pull is God pulling you towards him. And that's the first step towards transformation. There's got to be more. Let me ask you this. Have you ever thought to yourself, I wish I could start over. Oh, man. I wish, I wish, there, was, I wish there was a button I could push where I could just start over. And I'll tell you what, if you, so that, that's, that's the, the second awakening. As a pastor, I probably heard this more than any other phrase. Man, Dave, I, I just wish I could start over. And when people say, I wish I could start over, it's awakening to, to regret where they realize there's this gap between who I am and who I want to be. Or I would say more precisely, who I currently am and who God created me to be. Let me ask you this. Have you ever prayed? Have you ever prayed and just you start praying and you feel like your, your, your prayers are kind of bouncing off the ceiling? You ever had that happen where you're praying and it feels like it's just not connecting? 
Like God's a million miles away? Why does that happen? Why does that happen? Well, this, uh, this old cranky prophet Isaiah, here's what he says. He tells us, he, again, he shoots straightly. He says, hey, your sins, he just calls it the way it is, right? He's just right there. Your sins have separated you from God and, it, and have hidden his face from you. And what he's saying, he's saying, listen, the, the bad choices that you make when you decide to conform, your own selfishness, all that kind of stuff, it actually separates you from God and consequently also from this one-of-a-kind life that he meant for you to have. And the reality is we've all done that stuff. But let me tell you something else. This is so important. And I love this. You are as close to God as you choose to be. You are as close to God as you choose to be. How, how do you feel about that statement? Yeah. You see, because if we're not close to God, maybe, maybe it's because some of us, we just haven't quite got desperate enough. You haven't yet decided, okay, you know what? I want to start over. And when you finally get to that place going like, no, you know what? I want to start over. The next step that happens, I feel like there's got to be more. I want to start over. What happens next then is they have this awakening, this awakening going like, I need help. And this is the game changer. Because here, when you get to this third awakening, the third awakening here, I can't do this on my own. Finally, you get to the place where you're going like, I can't fix things on my own. I can't prove myself on my own. I'm not going to find fulfillment on my own. I need help. I had... um, I was having lunch with, with my wife, Sue, over at um, Standard Market. Which direction is that? That away? Okay, that. I, you, you said that way, he said that way, so it's that away. All right, I was having lunch with my wife at Standard Market the other day, and um, this young lady comes running up the table. I mean, almost literally kind of running. She was in a workout outfit. I think she'd been working out with some of her friends at the gym, and they all came to lunch together. And she says, hey, excuse me, excuse me, can I interrupt you? And the, the, the answer was obviously yes. <laughs> so I said, Yes. And she says to me, she says, I want you to know, six weeks ago, six weeks ago, my husband and I were separated and headed towards divorce and ready to end everything, and they have this beautiful family. And she said, separately, we both were invited to community by two different people. We both came unknowing the other on the very same Sunday. <laughs> and you start talking about finding your way back to God and she said, and we needed help. We started coming every week. We, actually, we, read, we picked up your book. We started going to counseling, and we started following Jesus. And I want you to know, and she got this big smile on her face and then tears coming down her cheeks. And she said, I want you to know that it is changing our lives. It is changing our lives. And, and, then, she, and then she said, thank you. And I'm, I'm like, you know what? That I... That, that made my year right there. Some of you know exactly what she's going through because you're going through it and you need help. And when you finally say, God, I can't do this on my own, God will send help. In fact, God has sent help. Help has a name and his name is Jesus. See, when God, said, God came in the person of Jesus, he says, you need help about your past, I'll offer you forgiveness. You need help about your present, I'm going to give you a clear purpose and meaning for your life. You need help and you've got anxiety about the future. I'm going to give you the promise of eternity. And not only that, God shows up. Get how this works. God shows up on planet Earth in the person of Jesus, and he begins to live life just like we have to live life. And he sets an example of how to not conform but to be transformed into a God-intended life. And so we call ourselves Christ followers because we follow Jesus towards this nonconformist life. And we're being transformed. 
And understand, the moment that you actually turn to God for help, he actually responds with open arms and welcomes you. And you have this profound experience that I hear over and over again from here people. Who, let's go to the next one. This profound experience where, wow, God loves me deeply after all. He loves me deeply after all. And love, you know this. Let this resonate in your heart and mind for yourself. Love is a transforming power. When a person is loved well, you know this. When a person is loved well, they feel valued. They feel significant. They feel safe. Am I right? And here's a guy named Dr. Harry Harlow. He did research on orphan babies during World War II, babies who weren't held enough, who weren't loved enough, who didn't receive enough affection. And he found there's a direct correlation how it affects actually their physical growth and actually their intellectual growth. And we're not surprised by this because we know without love, we do not grow. But with love, with God's love, when we come into contact with God's love, we grow. We become who we were meant to be. We are, what we're talking about today, transformed. We are transformed. <laughs> and then, we, we, and when you come in contact with that love and you live in that love on a daily basis, all of a sudden you have this last awakening going like, wow, wow, this is living. This is what I was meant to experience in my life. Let me take a little different tactic. Um, when I, when, I was, when I was a baby, my parents, my parents gave me strange spinach. You guys know Gerber's in a, in a jar? I was told that I liked that stuff. I got a little older. When I got a little older, you know, I was introduced to uh, Chef Boyardee SpaghettiOs. How many of you remember that? Everybody, oh yeah, everybody loves Chef Boyardee SpaghettiOs, right? Back then. Well, then I got a little older, somewhere in my teens, all of a sudden, I got introduced to White Castles, right? Wow. What do you mean, yuck? White Castle sliders. Never again, never again would I have, you know, strange spinach in a jar or SpaghettiOs in a can. It was White Castle. I remember the first time I took Caleb to, <laughs> I took my, my son Caleb to White Castle. He was like four or five. I thought it was going to be this great experience, you know, man, man bonding. I take him in there and we go in and, and immediately he just starts crying. <laughs> Caleb, you know, he's like a tough little dude. I'm like, Caleb, what are, you, what are you crying about? And he looks up at me and he goes, why does it smell so bad in here? <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, um, tonight, tonight, because we had a long day today, we're going to go out. I'm going to Francesca's tonight. Ah, there you go, right? All right, what's this have to do with now this is living? Let me explain something to you. I think some of us, some of us, okay, we're going like, hey, I'm having the good life. I got the good life. I, I, you know, I, got a, I live in America. I got, a, I got a home. You know, I got enough money to remember less pays the bills. I'm living the good life. What if, what if, what if it's true that really it's almost so much strange spinach? What if, it, what if there's something else that you never imagined and that you've been sell, settling for SpaghettiOs or White Castle sliders when you could be eating at Francesca's? I'm telling you, there is. There's a good life. And it's a transformed life. And I want to introduce you to our friends, the Diaz, and they talk about how they came to experience that transformed life. My name is Rebecca Diaz. This is my husband, Renee, and we've been going to Community Christian Church for over two years now. So we met, got engaged. My brother Mario has been inviting me to come to Community Christian Church for years. So we knew we wanted to be on the same page together. So we decided to check it out. Right when you're coming into the parking lot, you kind of, you kind of sense that it's coming. As soon as you walk in through the doors, there's like two greeters 
greeting you. Jesse's right there giving you a handshake and a big old hug. And I've never experienced that in any other church where everybody is just so happy. When I heard Tammy speak, she, she hit some um, points that hit close to home. But when the music is playing, when, they're, when the band is playing, that's when I feel the most uh, spiritual for some reason. I, and I don't show it. I'm not like swaying and singing. She likes to like sing. Yeah, she likes to like join them. And, but uh, for me, I, I, feel, I feel more spiritual when the band is playing. And I like the fact that um, people are open to discuss vulnerabilities or weaknesses where I feel in my previous experiences with religion, it's always been about uh, presenting yourself or maybe uh, protecting yourself and not sharing um, your vulnerabilities. My behavior before in the past, it, it was, it was, um, it was pretty shameful. I was, um, I got in trouble with, you know, breaking the law and drinking heavily. I, I truly believe that Jesus is, is showing me the way just because of me coming to church and taking my life seriously. I think for me, there's always been a level of spirituality or connection um, with God. Um, but for me now, it's about being open in public and having those discussions with other people and taking ownership or being proud of, um, you know, becoming a Christ follower. I have been transformed because I've made these decisions. It's been me and only me. Every step that we t that I take, it's it's in the it's in the right direction and it all has to do with Jesus and the church and community Christian. We decided that Mario and Linda, who introduced us to Community Christian Church and have been our mentors in the process, I felt like that was so important that they could actually do the baptism themselves. It was, for me, it kind of felt like it came in full circle because they introduced us to community. We started coming every Sunday. We would meet up with each other. It, it was just great. It was a great day. I love that. It's a great story from our, uh, from our Lincoln Square campus. And here's my takeaway, and I hope this is your takeaway. And it's this. Let this sink in. The further you get away from God, you're kind of on your own out there, and the tendency is, and what I've observed, is the more you're going to conform. But the closer you get to God, the more your life is going to transform. And so if the, if the big idea is how do we get closer to God so we can experience that transformed life, let me ask you, okay? And hopefully you got a chance to write these down on the back of your program. Which, which of these five awakenings would you most resonate with today? Because we find our way back to God for the first time and then over and over and over again. Let, let's just go through them real quick here. Which one would you, and I want you to pick one and maybe circle one or check one, star one. Would you say, you know what, yeah, Dave, when you said this is, there's got to be more, I'm feeling that today. I know. It might be relationally, maybe vocationally, it might be spiritually, it might be with some big questions. Yeah, there's got to be more. Or maybe some of you, you're going like, you know what, no, I'm at a place now where I realize I want to start over. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. That's craziness. I've got to start over. And then some of you took the next kind of almost baby step. And starting over means this. I can't do this on my own. If I was going to get this thing figured out, if I was going to get this family thing, this work thing, this meaning thing, this eternity thing, this God thing figured out, I would have got it figured out on my own by now. I need some help. Maybe that's the one for you. Maybe for some of you, you got to the place where you did take that and you're just starting to experience, you're going like, man... It's that grace awakening that says, wow, God loves me deeply after all. 
and you're beginning to experience how that changes you. Or maybe some of you, that last one, where you're going like, yeah, I know what you're talking about, transform life, because I know what it was like before, I know what it's like now, and this is living. Which is it for you? Here's my challenge. Let me give you two challenges before I wrap up. First, and this may sound simple, but I think it's crucially important. If you're serious about growing closer to God, I would challenge you, be here every week for the next four weeks of this series. I'm telling you, there's going to be a thousand things that are coming up between now and then where you're going to go like, ah, I can't make it. Make it a priority. It's, I think it's that important. That important for you. And here's the second thing. Patrick mentioned a little while ago. This is a journey you do not take on your own. I encourage you to get in a small group. You know, stop back at our welcome table and say, hey, tell me a little more about these groups. And in particular, if you circled one of those first three or started one of those first three awakenings here, the, the Finding Your Way Back to God group that we're going to be offering, uh, my wife and I are going to be leading that, and I would, I would love to have you be a part of that with us. All right? Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer right now. Father God, help every one of us, no matter where we are in our spiritual journey, every one of us to realize, I can't do this on my own. If I'm going to start over, if I'm going to find, make sense out of this longing, there's got to be something more. I can't do this on my own. And we cry out to you for help. We cry out to you for help right now. And so we ask that you awaken in us the changes that you want to see the transformation that you want to see in our lives. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.